with the first pick. We are back with another episode of the Depth on Draft podcast, week two of doing two episodes a week. Again, we hit on edge rushers, our edge ranking earlier this week, and now we are back uh, to give a little combine preview, a little combine primer. Uh, again, next week in Indianapolis, the, the NFL scouting combine is going down. Uh, again, this is where we're going to hear a lot of, of other things. You know, there's a lot of, of murmuring going around in Indianapolis, GMs, agents, all kind of spilling some beans, getting to it, uh, talking some business as free agency and the new league year is about to start as well. So uh, the combine is a really good opportunity not only to learn about prospects, to, but to kind of pick up some information league wide as well. Uh, again, Devin and I will both be there. Again, it's a good time to bring Devin in. Devin, welcome back. How are you? Good, man. Uh, you know, got my uh, combine stuff fully booked and excited. Got the credentials as well. I know you got yours as well, too. Mm-hmm. So excited, man. Um, it's going to be a, a very busy week, obviously. Uh, going to be a lot of talk on, obviously, prospects, but but even the, the happenings going around the NFL and, and potential contract extensions and uh, franchise tax. So it's, it's going to be a, a really good week to, to just get a lot of information uh, about the NFL in general, because there, there'll be a lot of discussions. Uh, but I'm excited because our, our edge uh, rankings were kind of a, a, a nice primer for the combine talk. A uh, good place to to kind of take a little pause on our positional uh, rankings, because as we get ready for, um, you know, 319 prospects to be down at the combine. So it should be a good one, man. Yeah, I'm I'm very pumped. I'm very pumped. Again, this is my first year going as credentials with credentials. I went as uh as a spectator in 2019 and i had a blast like again i said on the last pod that was like really my entry into like oh this is fun i kind of want to do this and so that's kind of what i've been doing since 2019 um but again this is my first year going as credentialed i'm excited to link link up devin we'll we'll get to spend some quality time together i'm sure uh shaking and moving throughout the week in indy uh so i'm looking forward to that as well networking with some other guys that that i've had the the privilege of of just Linking up and networking with over Twitter uh, over the past three years, but now I get the opportunity to to meet them face to face and and have the opportunity to really uh, uh, link up and actually have conversation and dinner and drinks. It's gonna be gonna be an exciting time. So, uh, but Devin, let's dive in, man. We got a lot to go over. Uh, again, we're gonna talk about some guys, you know, who maybe need to interview well. Again, a, a big portion of the combine is medicals and interviews. Like that might be more important than the, than the testing numbers because. On tape, we can see a lot of these guys. Like, I could tell you Lucas Van Ness is explosive. I can tell you Keely Ringo is a freak athlete. I can tell you Christian Gonzalez is a freak athlete. Like, yeah, there are some guys that will be really nice to to get those numbers verified on. And there will be some guys that's like, I really want to see, like, are you athletic? Like, why are you getting hype? But there are, again, a lot of guys that we know. Like, this guy's going to test well. But those interviews with teams, those medicals for guys like Brian Brzee, uh, some other guy, every year it comes back like, oh, this guy's got a heart condition. Like, ah, uh, like that happens every year. So those are the things that that are uh, more pressing uh, in, in Indianapolis. And, and so those are the, some of the things we're going to talk about as well. But we also want to talk about guys that like, listen, we know these guys might not test well. And we're going to we're going to pound the table for them anyway, because their instincts and their tape is good. Um, so we got a lot to go over, Devin. Uh, where do you want to start, man? I just I spilled a lot right there. Where do you want to start here? Yeah, man. Well, we started the guys upon the table for because uh, look, we we I, I want to say there's a good bit of players that we already know that 
are probably going to test well and possible money make, money makers. But kind of want to start on the flip side. Uh, and for me, one one of those guys is Kobe Wooden from Auburn. And to me, like he's kind of a a guy that you look at his measurements and and nothing really wows you about it. So to me, I think the measurements might hurt him a little bit because he he's not really a freak athlete. He's not really built, I would say, you know, super well for, for the NFL game. But I mean, when you turn on his tape, he's disruptive, you know, violent hands, able to, to split gaps, uh, able to, to hold down his, his running lanes. So like, he's a, he's a player for me that I think he's probably not going to wow you at all, really athletically testing wise. Like he's just one of those guys. I think I, I had him kind of a, as a rotational guy anyway, just based off the evaluation, but I think that's that's kind of going to confirm that. But I think he's a really good football player, and I think he's a guy you want on your team. Um, believe he was one of the captains on that Auburn defense as well. So, you know, you you could tell he's kind of a high character guy, and I think he's going to really impress some teams with with the interviews, and and they're really going to like his game, like what he brings to the table. Uh, it, although he may not be a you know first two day pick, maybe a later day three pick, I certainly think. He's uh he has good enough tape to to be a contributor in the NFL. Yeah, I'm gonna have to go back and watch another game of Wooden because you're really high on him and I'm pretty low on him. So I need to I'm I'm gonna go back and watch another game uh probably after Indy because next week's gonna be a really busy week. But uh because you're you speak really highly of of Wooden and and I think that's a player we we have a pretty wide uh discrepancy on. So I'll give it another shot. Uh, for me, I'm going to go, I'm going to start with at, at Florida State. I'm going to start with safety Jamie Robinson. Like, we know Jamie Robinson's not big. We know he has un- sub 30 inch arms. We know this. Um, and we know, like, on tape, it, I think he speed transitions well. I think his hips are pretty fluid, but like, I don't think he's all that explosive. I don't think his, his long speed is, is impressive. Like, I know that Jamie Robinson's probably going to be an average athlete next week. Like, I know he's going to, he's going to test his RAS is probably going to be in the sevens, maybe the low eights if, if we're lucky. Like, I, I, I kind of know where we're sitting now with Jamie Robinson, but I don't care. Like he's an instinctual player who can play at three, three levels of the field. He can play in the box. He can play over the top. He can play in the slot. Uh, and I think he does it all pretty darn well. Um, so Robinson's a guy I'm, I'm like, I, I know these things. I know he's not going to be an extraordinary athlete. And I want that guy on my football team. Like he's, he's all bark, all bite. Like I, I, I give him, give him to me. So, um, I think Jamie's right there as well. And, and, and just going to my number two guy, like, why not? It's another secondary player. I'm going to stick with Deontay Banks from Maryland. I think Deontay Banks is a guy who could surprise. He's not overly light footed on tape. Um, I think his press tech is still fine, but he's not overly light footed. I think he, he does also have some nice speed transitions on tape. Uh, but he's not a guy who wows you with, with this twitch on tape. Uh, he wows you with his refinement. He, he wows you with his hands, his ability to get into, get into receivers and, and kind of bully them. Um, so again, Banks is a guy who could surprise me and say like, oh yeah, man, that, that does it for me. But he, 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 again, he's my CB3 that we went over in our corners episode. So like, I already think this guy is really good. Uh, testing numbers would be icing on the cake, but I don't expect, uh, wow, testing numbers. But, but again, if they're there, like, yeah, okay, solid, verify, verify that for me, that this guy's a really freaking good football player. Yeah, we know defensive backs are always put under one of the biggest microscopes uh, when it comes to testing. Um, obviously, guys that 
you know, don't test off the charts. People always have questions about and, and may go back to the tape, but we know Banks's tape is, is really good. So there shouldn't be too much questioning if, if he doesn't blow away the doors on, on testing, considering some of the guys that are going to be in his, uh, his, uh, defensive back category that, that may blow the do- doors off that we'll talk a little <laughs> bit later about. Um, but, uh, you know, like transitioning for, for kind of my next guy, Steve Avila. Uh, the uh, guard from TCU, I think, is another guy that um, isn't going to athletically wow you. But uh, once again, another guy with really solid tape, um, you know, does really good things at, at the guard position. Uh, very technically refined, able to handle some of the, the power and speed rushes he gets in the interior. Not a guy that's going to be playing, you know, ton out of frame, ton out of the box. I don't think you expect him to be an outside zone type of guard anyway. Um, and you want him more. Uh, you know, like in a, in a power scheme and, and more so in the box. But I think he's a player that that's probably not going to test super well. I think he's probably going to have average arm length, you know, like all the things that, you know, people, you know, get a little bit questioning, you know, questioning about uh, when it terms to in terms of athleticism and whatnot. And some of the guards and concerns we've seen in recent drafts, you know, people kind of have higher expectations for. But I think he can, uh, you know, He's going to interview really well. Seems like a very cerebral guy, very smart player. Um, and I think he's going to really do some nice things while not, while not, it may not be athletically. I think he's still going to impress some teams with how he interviews, how he goes through some of the drills. But I just think athletically you're, you're getting a guy that's not going to be a high, you know, athletic upside ceiling type of player, but more so the film is really good, a really cerebral player and understands uh, his limitations too. Yeah, we're we're again next episode is uh we're, we're not next episode, but we're getting to to interior offensive line ranking soon. So I'm working through it too. Avila's a guy I haven't hit yet. Uh, I'm excited to to break his tape down because again he had a really strong senior bowl man. That his base is real sturdy, real real strong. So uh, I'm excited to to get to Avila. Um, my last one, and he might be the most nitpicked player in this class. Um. Because again, he played in two games this year. Three tried to play in three games this year and left every single one of them early. Uh, sat out the semifinals game against Georgia. Um, but ultra productive player last year in Jackson Smith and Jigba. Again, we know he's not a burner. Like he's probably going to run the four fives. Like okay, um, he's probably not going to jump super well. Okay, okay. like uh, we know this guy is has a PhD in, in playing wide receiver. Like we know this guy is one of the best route runners in the class. We know this guy knows how to separate, even if he doesn't have blazing speed. Um, even if he's not the most physical, um, we know this guy's slippery after the catch, even if he's not going to break ankles in the open field, even if he's not uh, going to run through defenders like Jackson Smith and Jacob is, is who he is like, and that's okay. And in a, in a wide receiver class where it's really volatile, uh, I'm going to be okay with, with taking the guy with the highest floor and Jackson Smith and Jigba by far has the highest floor in this class, um, at the wide receiver position. Um, so I don't, I don't care that he's going to run a four or five CD lamb again, in different body types, but like AJ Brown, it's a, again, AJ Brown's a little thicker, a little stronger after the catch, a, lot, a little stronger through the catch point. Like he ran a four, four, nine, like that's basically a four or five. Uh, a lot of these bigger body guys, Cooper cup ran a four, four, fives i think maybe in four sixes like i don't care he's gonna find a role and he's gonna be productive at the nfl level like it is, it is what it is yeah uh, we know what's gonna happen man we jalen hyatt's gonna run a four three 
a um, couple other dudes. Might run a four two, yeah. <laughs> a couple other dudes are gonna run four three sub four four, and everyone's gonna be like, "Look, see, you know, Jack Smith and Jigba is not better than these guys." It happens every year. We we get into this conversation, especially around receivers and DBs, where if a guy doesn't run, uh, you know, sub four four, you know, there's a lot of questions about does he have great long speed? Is he gonna last in the NFL? All these things, but with Smith and Jigba, we we and we've talked about on this podcast, both of our wide receiver ones. Um, there it just so much he offers before to the before the catch point, then obviously being able to manipulate uh throwing windows and and be able to to catch the ball in different situations and, and what he was able to do alongside two stars that are, or rising stars in the NFL. I, I think it speaks for itself, but but I know we're gonna have the the conversation. Let's see. I think they go Saturday. I think the receivers, quarterbacks, and tight ends go Saturday. So uh, Sunday through whenever the draft, or next Sunday through whenever the draft is, we're gonna have this this talk at nauseum. But Smith and Jigba, he, he's he's a good player, man. I, I I think it should just come down to that, and I think he's going to interview well, and teams are gonna really like him. And and everything the consensus around the draft Twitter, I could see them, you know, kind of wondering is he going to be a a you know high ceiling guy or high floor but but we'll see man um I, i'm excited to see what he puts on you know numbers wise and in you know not excited around the discourse around it obviously i just hope his groin is healthy enough to actually test you know he's been battling that thing all year and groin injuries are pesky so uh again he hasn't played football in a long time so i would hope that would be the case um but I guess that's not even a certified thing that he's, he's even going to test. But again, I hope so. Um, who do you think are some players, Devin, that um, could make a lot of money this weekend? Like, oh, this guy's already got some hype. But, you know, if, if he goes out and, and he puts on, like, he, he's he's going to make himself a lot of money. Who who would you say are, 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 like, three players, would you say? Yeah, so one guy that we've talked about a lot off the air and, and just in general um, – even we brought him up in the edge discussion. That's Zach Harrison uh, from Ohio State. Everything is pointing towards he's going to test like a freak. Um, you know, you told me that story about him running in the rain with uh, tennis shoes, uh, you know, track-wise and, and running a crazy time. So I think he's he, he's got some in, incredible arm length already. So he, he's probably going to be one of the winners in that department just based off of size and arm length and whatnot, but then when he tests athletically, I think he's going to really wow some people. Um and his I mean arms it looks are like verified. It... His, sorry to interrupt. His his arms are verified uh through NFS over the summer at 35 and three quarters inches. Yeah that's nearly 36 inch arms. Yep. That's insane. <laughs> so he's I already know that's yeah he's gonna have people buzzing and, and they the the beautiful thing about it is defensive linebacker defensive line and linebackers go on the first day. So there's going to be buzzing, um, you know, just with the the arm length and, and whatnot. But I think he's going to test really well, too. And you, you can tell on the tape that, you know, he he's built really well for the NFL game. Um, and I'm very excited to see. I believe he was on on uh, Bruce Feldman's freaks list as well. So I, I think he's really going to to wow some people uh, once the combine starts. And luckily we get to see him as one of the first players to test. Uh, on on next Thursday. Yeah, yeah. 
again, that story in high school, again, he's from Columbus and he went to Ohio state and, you know, I live in Columbus, but I mean, that's a pretty common story otherwise, but I uh, went to Olin Tangy Orange High School. Uh, they didn't make track spikes in his foot size. And so he ran the 100 meter dash in the rain in tennis shoes under 11 seconds. Like he's, he's, he can fly vertically. So, uh, and in a straight line. Again, don't do the three cone, Zach. Don't do it. It's a, it's a scam, but, uh, his jumps and his run and his, his, his 40 is going to be absurd. Um, Another guy that, like, we're going to stick with Ohio State here, but uh, that we both like his tape. We both love his tape. Uh, who I, again, at his size, at his foot speed, the one day he played at the Senior Bowl, if he goes out and even tests as an, as an average athlete, if he just runs well at his size, Dewan Jones is going first round, man. Like, I don't see any way that some team's not going to take a guy who's six foot nine with the longest wingspan in senior bowl history with solid tape and good foot speed at 375 pounds. I think he weighed in at Mobile. Like, if that guy runs even a good time in the 40, somebody is taking him top 31. Again, Dolphins don't have a pick. Top 31. Like, that's going to happen. I don't see how that doesn't happen. Yeah, DeWan Jones, man. Whew. That that could be a a guy that, just I know Jordan Davis, you know, broke Twitter, almost broke Twitter last year with what he did, but the Juan Jones moving at that size. Um and and I mean he I don't even know what to expect. If he gets like five, what, five one maybe or something like that, mm-hmm. just will be uh insanity. I don't expect him I I hope he doesn't run the three cone or does does any of those agilities, but I think he's going to also test well probably it, not, I won't say test well, but I think the bench press, he's going to do some good things uh, on that as well. Uh, very strong dude, very obviously on this tape too. Um, so, you know, offensive linemen, obviously people look at the 40 time and then how much did they bench? Um, and then his footwork has been a point of uh, emphasis for him during the off season. He's worked a lot on his footwork and uh, his foot speed. So I think, you know, going through uh, some of the uh, offensive line on-field drills, I think it's going to be important for him. I think he's going to really wow some teams, too, uh, just with how nimble his feet is. Yeah, man. Again, right now he's my OT5. Um, with him and Anton Harrison, I really like both those guys, and I think they're both pretty underrated in this class uh, because I see some other names above them in people's rankings. I'm like, oh, I don't know about that. But I can't, I think I would swap him and Anton if he comes out and he tests even, even average, like he's a, he's built in a lab. Like I, yeah, it's just a dude. Like it's a fridge, like with, with, with light feet. Like I just, I don't get it. Um, and then again, like Keely Ringo, everybody knows Keely Ringo is going to be a freak. Like he might have the best combine of anybody. Like we know that's going to happen. And his t- he needs it as well. He needs to just come out and do it because his tape is is a little volatile. Uh, he and he's a guy who's seen his stock kind of kind of dip um, over the past you know last month or two of the college football season. Um, especially Marvin Harrison did some did some things to him that are like oh buddy. Um, so he needs to go out and do what everybody knows he's going to do, but just to have those verified is going to boost his stock. And again, I think he's still going to go first round, especially if he goes out and puts up a perfect RAS, which I think he's, I mean, he's looking at, you know, Feldman's freak list and some of the, 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 the numbers that he's supposed to go out and do like, my goodness, if he does that, yeah, he's going to go first round still. Um, but, but I want to kind of transition now, Devin, to, to maybe some guys who have some question marks about their athleticism 
who who could answer some questions. Um, and we can do we can do guys with with questionable measurables or questionable tape. And it's like, man, why are you getting talked about this higher? Or like, I understand why you're getting talked about a little bit lower. And you you can answer some questions this week in Indy. And I think the first person I want to start with who is ranked really high by a lot of people and obviously the league really likes him because credible people have him in you know still the top 40 of of mock drafts of of top 100 rankings that's yaki ika man we've talked a lot about ika neither of us had him as a top five defensive tackle in this class in our defensive tackle ranking um we both said said like oh when teams come out and spread in 11 personnel he's off the field a lot uh as a pass rusher in 2022 we thought his game declined uh so Right now, he looks like a two-down player at the NFL level. Uh, again, his arms aren't going to be long, so I think he could bench press really well. Like Again, we're talking about a big dude with short arms. That dude could rep out. Um, but I don't see a lot of explosiveness. And, and and apparently, he's supposed to test well, but I don't see it on tape. And so having that backed up on 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 the track at Lucas Oil, like, yeah, that, that could help him a little bit and it can make me feel a little bit better about him. But, like, Ika's a guy that I really need to see something from because, like, I just don't align in consent with consensus on him. Yeah, Ika has been one of those guys that, you know, it, it happens every year. It seems like everyone really likes him, but, you know, the tape just doesn't match, man. Like, sure, if you're if you're looking at Ika 2021 and, and assuming that he's going to get back to that form, I could see that. But, I mean, ber- based on pure 2022 film and, and just how ineffective he was at times, um, like, you forgot he was on the field sometimes. Like, there he still had his plays. He still made some plays, um, you know, in the interior and uh, influencing and pushing the pocket. But it just was nowhere near as consistent uh, in twenty twenty two as it was in twenty twenty one. So I think he's really going to have to, you know, answer some questions too. Obviously about why did his you know disruptive disruptiveness go down from twenty uh, in twenty twenty two compared to twenty twenty one, and then just. You know, where where exactly does he fit? You know, is is he going to be just a two down player? Uh, does the testing show that he can maybe be a three down player? Because, I mean, like everything was just a second slow, you know, when you were watching him this year, like mm-hmm. disengaging from blocks, you know, like getting off blocks and in, in, uh, passing situations. So I'm very interested to see how he tests and what exactly does he test in? You know, what does he do? Mm-hmm. Um is he going to run the 40? Is he going to do some of the athletic testing? Obviously, he's probably going to do on-field drills for sure, but there's a lot of question marks around him. I think he has to answer at least half of those questions to me, uh, and we'll see just what happens. And maybe the league is assuming that, you know, he's going to get back to that 21 form or, or something that they already know, or maybe he's playing with a nagging injury. So we we could see, man. We'll, we'll, we'll definitely see with him. I think he's one of the Ones and, and that's a good segue to another guy that has really good tape, everyone really likes, but has question marks about his arm length, and that's Pierre Scaranzi from Northwestern. Um, and, and he's just a – there's nothing on the tape that, that you know, will lead you to to believe that, you know, he's a guy that playing with, with short arm length, but then there's those times where you, it's just – it's there. You know, there are guys with, with longer arms that are able to get their hands on him quicker, but – He's just so savvy, so cerebral, and, and the ability to to counter and, and whatnot. So I think athletic testing will be huge for him, um, too, as well, uh, just to see what that baseline is. Can he stick out at tackle? Because uh, obviously the arm length concerns are, are there, and they're, they're not going to go away. But if he tests well athletically, maybe he he quells those concerns a little bit. 
But I think he's going to really impress teams with the way he can interview, uh, just how smart he is, um, and and just how good of a football player he is. I, I think we shouldn't overthink it too much, but but also you want to see the athletic testing to back it up with Skaronsky. Right, right. And again, I think the, the first thing that comes to a lot of people's minds is Rashawn Slater, uh, because he was a left tackle at Northwestern with similar concerns about arm length and size. Uh, Rashawn was a great, I think a good deal more athletic and, and probably even has longer arms than Skronsky's going to come in with. But, but Skronsky's a good freaking football player. And that sometimes that's what it comes down to. Like he is refined. He is savvy. He is smart. Uh, and he has a track record of success at left tackle. And so like, I think you let that play out. And then if it like, Sure, keep him in a guard if it doesn't work at left tackle. But he's a guy that that you stick at tackle until he proves that he can't do it otherwise. So, um, but who knows? A team who needs a guard might take him too because he's the best best player that, like in the trenches in the, in the class. So, like in the offensive trenches. So, or I mean, I we, I have Paris Johnson higher, but like he's a good foot. He's a good football player. Is, is what basically we're saying. Um, another guy with, with measurement concerns. That's a good, that's a good way to go. Is and it's a guy who, again, I have as, as, as I think, defensive tackle seven. So he, he's not a top five de- defensive tackle for me. But I know some people who have him defensive tackle two, uh, who think he's the second best defensive tackle. Mel Kuyper mocked him 10th overall. And that's Kalajic Hansi, uh, who is listed at six foot and two, 280, I think. Uh, six one, 280. But like, I mean, he's clearly not that big on tape. He's clearly not that big, and he gets washed in the run game quite a bit. And so I'm interested to see what his measurables are. I can't imagine his arms, if they're 32 inches or or are not much over that. I struggle to think they're 32 inches. Uh, I'm sure he's eating a lot of peanut butter sandwiches to get up to to at least 280 for the combine. But, like, we'll see what that arm length comes in, what those those measurables come in. his tape is fun, man. I get it. He's a good college football player. Like he's, he's slippery. He's got nice hands. He's a good pass rusher, but like he can't anchor a double. He gets washed in the run game. Like it, it's on his tape. And so like, he's a guy when he goes against the Zach Bartons, the Joel Batonios, the Wyatt Tellers, the, the Quentin Nelsons, the good interior offensive lineman of the NFL, like how's that going to hold up? And I went back and I looked at the interior offensive lineman that he's faced this year, like in his college career there's not really a notable one outside of machine Richards from North Carolina. And like, he's not a relatively esteemed prospect this year. So like there's a pretty big talent disparity about, about the guys that he was facing. Again, people clip a guy like one of his clips from Northwest or from, I'm sorry, from against Rhode Island. Like, okay, that's great. That's a really nice rep. It looks awesome. But like, I don't think he faced an NFL guard all season. So I struggle with with Kalajikansi again, he can he can quell some of those fears if, if his arms you know do come in bigger than I thought, or you know if he does have to bulk up and he still tests well, clearly above what he is used to playing at, then yeah, sure. And again, if the value's there, like I think he's a top one hundred player, but like I'm not taking this guy top seventy five, top fifty. Like I think that's crazy. Um, but some people really love him, so so I'm interested in what what you think on Kansi, man. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm kind of where where you are. You know, he he was a guy that was outside of obviously our both of our top fives at defensive tackle. I just had look, I I think he certainly has pass rush upside, and and it's clearly shown that. Um, but to me, like, what more can you offer? You know, what I'm saying like, there it's going to be good to have that pass rushing upside and ability to to get after the passer, but 
are running downs, are you going to be able to, to anchor your gaps? Are you going to be able to shoot through gaps and make plays? Um, are you going to be able to hold off double teams? And, and a lot of those questions I still had questions about after the tape. So for him, I think athletic testing obviously is going to be huge, but also what weight does he come in? You know, how big is he? Just how big is he? Because I think that's that's got to be a, a big point of contention. Like, of course, he's cracking every uh, a lot of people's top fives, but I don't it, it, I just struggle seeing where exactly he's going to play and how effective he's going to be at the NFL level. So I think he's going to have a lot of questions about that. Another guy on the defensive side of the ball that I want to talk about is Isaiah Land, the uh, Florida A&M former mm-hmm. edge rusher. Now he's possibly working at linebacker. Um, and to me, it's not much much more athletically, but I just want to see how quickly does he pick up the the line like uh, pick up the game as a linebacker? Because uh, obviously, towards the end of senior bowl week, he was playing more in the box as versus coming off the edge. And to me, I think that's probably where he's going to be at the NFL level, probably, probably more so in the box. A uh, bit of a light frame, so I think for him, testing is almost certainly going to be huge. Um, and and how well does he move in those uh, those drills, like the the linebacker drops, uh, the ability to to change direction. So I think with Isaiah Land, like a lot of people really liked him coming out of Senior Bowl week and and what he was able to do at, at multiple positions. Uh, but but now we're getting close to the NFL. You gotta kind of figure out what what's the path going to be for him. Uh, so I think for him, it was a huge, obviously, getting invited to the Combine and, and being there um, as an HBCU player. So I'm, I'm excited for him to, to get down there. But I want to see how does he handle, like, some of the interviews, uh, you know, in a position that he played a couple days in versus some of the other linebackers there that, you know, like you see at the Marvin Overshone, I think he probably needs a, a good week as well. So you, you look at him potentially as a off-ball linebacker within Isaiah Land. So I think for him is figuring out how well can he potentially do this position and if it's going to be a position he could stick with uh, at the NFL level too. Yeah, Land is an interesting one. I thought he did some some pretty nice things as a pass rusher in Mobile, but uh, again, he's really have to either bulk up or move to off-ball. Um, I, I guess he could play him and, and Nick Erbig are kind of in that same role. They could probably play Sam on base downs and transition into a uh, situational pass rusher on obvious passing situations. Um, but land will be an interesting one to watch for sure. And then kind of sticking with linebacker. And, and this will be the last one that, that we talk about of a guy who like, ah, just show me something. Uh, I don't know if there's been a player who's seen a, a, a bigger drop in their draft stock from preseason in the summer to now than Noah Sewell um, out of Oregon. Uh, again, people had a first round grade on this guy, uh, LB1 coming into the season, uh, and his tape in 2022 is not not indicative of a, indicative of a playmaker. Uh, he looks slow, stiff, um, not very nuanced in coverage. And so um, while some of that tape, like testing numbers won't change that tape, uh, he can kind of show like, no, I am more explosive. Um, and again, Dan Lanning came in. So it's a different defensive system, a different defensive coach. Um, so, I mean, there, there's some of that to take into consideration. Um, but I think Sewell at least needs to show a little bit in his workouts that like, no, I, I actually, I actually do have a little bit of juice uh, because it's, it's, it's really not there on his tape. 
Um, but I would say that that's probably the last one uh, worth, worth talking about. Transition now, again, we talked about at the beginning, interviews and medicals are, are some of the bigger part of the combine than these testing numbers. Um, and so we want to talk a little bit about interviews uh, and, and, and a few players uh, that have a lot to gain. And, and I want to start with uh, with quarterback Anthony Richardson. Again, every quarterback is going to be put under the microscope by these teams who are going to be picking at the top because they have a big decision to make. The the quarterback they choose, like somebody's probably going to trade it to number one. That's a lot of assets to invest in, a, in one guy, a lot of a future to invest in one guy. Uh, so they want to know everything about these guys. Um, so every quarterback is going to be under the microscope for sure. But I would say Anthony Richardson uh, the most. Um Again, his production wasn't wasn't exceptional at Florida. Like it is what it is. But looking at his tape, his upper body mechanics are smooth, are loose, are fluid. Like that dude can sling the football. Uh, his throwing motion, his sequencing is is unbelievably fluid. Um, his lower half needs work. Like we know that. Um, and he's young. He's young. Like he was a redshirt sophomore. Um, and so I think. I, I doubt Richardson does anything testing wise. He might throw that dude's not going to step foot on the track or, or he'll get those same, some same kind of questions that Lamar Jackson got like, Oh, maybe this guy's at the wide receiver. This guy's a tight end. He's not going to do that. Um, which I think is a, a wise idea on his part, but I think he'd probably run the four fours if he did. Um, but teams are going to really want to pick his brain. Like why, why are there some lapses on tape? Like, again, I think his pocket maneuver is, is real nice. Like, I think he, he, he's got some very nice tape, but there's also some stuff on tape. It's like, Ooh, what are you thinking there? Um, so I think he has a lot to gain from, from interviews this week, next week. Yeah. He's a, he's a player that it's going to be very highly debated, even up into the draft. And maybe he convinces a team that you should move up to number one for me, you know? So I'm very in, intrigued to see not only him throw or him potentially throw or, or, you know, see how he interviews, but just if any of these top quarterbacks throw or any of them, um, you know, participate in any of the on-field activities as well. But, but Richardson for sure is a, is a good name to bring up and, and a player that's very polarizing already and uh, probably will be more so after the combine, especially after some teams get to, have some one-on-one time with him. Uh, another, I'll stay on the offensive side of the ball, but a guy I expect to test well, but certainly needs to answer some questions about some off-field stuff, and, and that's Wanye Morris from Oklahoma. Former five-star, obviously started his career at Tennessee, played left tackle his first couple years, transferred to Oklahoma, uh, suspended a couple times, um, ended up playing right tackle and, and played pretty well. Uh, his last season at Oklahoma, but you got to figure out, you know, some, some of the off field things with him. Um, but just from being able to talk to him personally and, and, you know, getting to know him a little bit and know his story a little bit, I I think he, he will come out uh, a lot better than, than going in, but, but certainly some, some questions to, to be answered for him, but I think he's going to test well athletically. Um, and he, I mean, looks really, really athletic on tape already. So I, I think you're you're getting a, a guy that clearly had some left tackle athleticism coming into college, but just stuck on the right side because of his teammate Anton Harrison, who could be going first round and, and potentially we could have two or both Oklahoma's tackles uh you know maybe go off the board in the top hundred. Um so so we'll see what, what happens with Morris, but but I, I certainly expect him uh to to answer the questions around him, especially off the field. Uh, you know, next week at Indy. 
Yeah, I currently have a, a fourth round grade on, on Wanye. I, I like his his movement skills a ton. I think his hands and his anchor a little bit a little bit on the soft side. But there's a lot to like about his game. But uh, again, there's a lot of questions like that need answered. Like there's video of him punching a fan that stormed the field when Oklahoma got upset last year. Like that happened. Like things like that happened. He's been suspended, Oklahoma. Like there are question marks with this guy. Um, so he's a he's a really good one, but again, he had a really good week at Mobile. Um, and he's again the athleticism is there. So uh that's that's such a good one. Uh the last one that I think is is worth hitting on is uh LSD wide receiver Keishon Boutte. So uh, he initially said he was gonna gonna go back to school for another year. Flipped last second and said, actually, I'm gonna declare. There's been a lot of a lot of things that have uh floated around about why that was. Um but uh, there are obviously some some concerns with 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 Keishon Butte, some some maturity concerns. Uh, he came in again into this year as I know some people had him as wide receiver one coming into the season. I still think he's a good player. I still think he's a really good player. I do think his injury might have knocked out some 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 juice from him. But uh, again, testing numbers, we could see if that juice is back now that he's been away from football for a little bit and, and had some time to to recover. Uh, but teams are gonna have some big questions with for this guy uh, in interviews. Again, he could still go day two, uh, I, but like Butte is one of those players that's either going to be out of the league in five years or he's going to be a pro, like a, like a like a, a perennial Pro Bowler. Like that, that's just the, the kind of guy he is. And and teams are going to want to know if they're investing a draft asset in him. Like, and if it's a day two one, a pretty high one, like that they're going to get a guy who is going to take full advantage of that opportunity. Yeah, he's probably he's, the best way to say it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, it's a it's a tough subject. It's like you you know some of the rumors flowing around with him, but there's nothing confirmed. So teams are gonna ask him point blank what what happened to LSU. You know, like even even the the later season concerns you have to wonder about earlier in the season. Obviously, the Florida State game. A lot of people were questioning. Does he want to be out there? You know, his effort there, you know, even the first couple of weeks of the season, they obviously picked it up, uh, you know, towards the tail end of the season. But, you know, opting out of the bowl game, deciding to come back, leaving or then deciding to uh, leave and go to the NFL draft. That there is, is going to be, I think, are some of the big points to hit on uh, without even some of the other things floating around. So I think with Boutte, you certainly have to answer those. Uh, a couple other guys I just want to quickly touch on Zach Evans is another guy I want to see how he interviews um obviously left TCU for Ole Miss then Ole Miss this year he kind of got lost in the shuffle down the stretch you know he wasn't a guy he wasn't the main guy uh for Ole Miss uh obviously Judkins was was he's a stud and, and probably going to be a future stud in the NFL but uh Evans kind of really waned off and a lot of people are all, all over the place with his stock so I want to see how he interviews, because uh, certainly teams are going to question why wasn't he on the field more um, at Ole Miss, even though, you know, he was alongside a really good freshman running back. Uh, but, I mean, he's in the draft, so some some questions to answer there for sure. Um, so he, he's another guy for me that, that I think probably needs to answer some questions. Then Eli Ricks from Alabama, mm-hmm. um, another guy that, Left LSU, uh, was expected to be one of the next great corners, um, and really just inconsistent tape this year. 
because uh, I remember we were discussing Ricks, you know, before we watched the, mm-hmm. the defensive back episodes. You really liked his first couple games, and then kind of the last couple weren't as good. So I think with him, consistency wise, like where where was that consistency? And and just feel like it, you know, you got midway through the season, you're like, wait a minute, like Eli Ricks plays for Alabama. Why are we hearing this dude's name? You know, like you talk about Jordan Battle and and Brian Branch and some of the other defensive players, obviously Will Anderson, uh, but Eli Ricks is on that defense, and you're not hearing anything about it. You're hearing more about Kool-Aid McKinstry than than Eli Ricks, so I think he's going to have to answer some questions too. Yeah, I think so too. Um, again, I do like Ricks' tape, man. I think he's like – I have a third-rounder on him, a third-round grade on him, which, like, that's pretty good for a dude uh, – it's pretty good draft talk, draft stock and and people love long corners and who who can get into chest and press tag and Ricks can do that so I think he's gonna find a suitor on, on day two as well. Um, all right, Devin, we're gonna transition to the the last part here. Uh, who do we think will be the biggest winner of the weekend? I'm gonna go with Lucas Van Ness. Um, we're already starting to get buzz around his name. I know Tyree Wilson and Will Anderson have kind of dominated the the top five talks. Um, but but I think Lucas Van Ness, we know he he's a powerful dude, but but I think if he comes out and runs insanely or tests insanely uh with his jumps and runs and whatnot, um, I think he can be a guy that are we talking about maybe top ten, top fifteen instead of more so in the twenties. So I think he has a a lot to gain from from the combine. I think he's a potential big winner, um, just because his measurables are are off the chart at six five two seventy five, and um, he's probably going to have some really nice arm length too. And you know, we he, he's a guy that was not even a starter at Iowa, but a lot of people already have him going in the top twenty. So how high can he go? Is is my question. And we know the edge class is already deep, but. Could he be value over someone like a Miles Murphy? Maybe. We'll we'll see uh, after the combine, but I certainly think uh, he's going to test really well. Van Ness is a good one. Yeah, he's going to be super explosive, very explosive. They don't call him Hercules for nothing. <laughs> um, I'm going to go with an edge as well. And again, I, I mean, I talked about him ad nauseum uh, in our last episode, but I think B.J. Ojolari is, is going to come away a huge winner. Like, one, he's going to – like. When I think about the athletic drills compared to Ojolari's skill set, I don't think there's a drill that he's going to be bad at. Like he's he's obviously really flexible, really bendy. So like, okay, the agilities he should he should be really good at. He's got a hot first step. He should run well and he should jump well. Like I I don't know how this guy like I don't know if there's a weakness on the track. I mean, probably bench press. I don't think he'll bench. He's got long arms and he's kind of a slender guy. But uh, so maybe bench, but. I don't think that's really translatable, uh, not super indicative of NFL success, really never has been. Um, but on top of that, like, again, interviews, man, like, again, this guy wore 18 for LSU, which is um, given to the guy, like, with the the best character on and off the field. Like, that's that's their defensive captain, the guy who wears eight, 7 and 18 are their two big numbers. Like, he's well-respected at, at LSU. And, um, again, I, I've done a lot of research, he's, and he's – such a high character guy off the field. Uh, and I've heard that from multiple people as well. So like, I don't imagine he's going to go into interviews and bomb, bomb them. Like, <laughs> so like, I, I really, I really think BJ O'Jolari is going to go first round by the time we're all said and done. And if not like, okay, like somebody's going to get a really good bargain because this guy's tremendous uh, character wise, athletically t- traits wise, like 
this guy had go-to moves. He's 20 years. He's also 20. He's turning 21 like draft week. Like that's nasty. I, I don't, I don't see how this guy gets out of the first round. I just don't. Honestly, if he's starting to, I could see a team coming back into the first round and trading up from the late twenties. If he happens to last that long. So uh, we'll see a couple other guys want to bring up that I don't think gonna have are going to be the biggest winners, but uh, we didn't talk a lot about the running back class, but uh, Devon A. Chain from Texas A&M uh, is going to run off the charts. Track star. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I can expect a lot of people to to react to that accordingly. Um, so I think he, he's going to be a guy that, that probably runs really well. Sean Tucker as well. Uh, a guy that possibly might run really, really, really well. Um, but I just wanted to bring up a few running back names because I know it's a position we really didn't talk a ton about uh, during this episode. So just just wanted to throw a few names in there. And then uh, a, a tight end that uh, a little bit off the radar, but I think will test really well athletically is Zach Koontz from Old Dominion, former Penn State mm-hmm. uh, tight end too. So I think he it's going to be a player that, you know, people don't, haven't watched a lot of already. Uh, luckily, I, I watched from last year and, and a couple games this year. Um, probably, it's certainly a day three pick in my opinion. Um, probably like fifth, sixth round. I think he's more of a developmental guy, but I think if he tests well athletically, maybe maybe he goes uh, somewhere in the fourth round. All good names. All good names. Again, Devin and I will be there next week. Uh, I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, we even talked about Devin. We haven't finalized anything or, or anything like that, but we even talked about doing a live pod from, from Indy next week. So that might be on the radar. Um, but things are getting real NFL draft wise and, and, uh, next week's going to be a blast. Um, but I think that's it for now, Devin, you got anything else to add? Nah, man, I'm, I'm just excited to, to really take this in, in person, obviously watching it on TV for so many years growing up and, and be able to be in the flesh and, and talk to a lot of these guys. Um, it'll be really cool to get access to, to a lot of these players you wouldn't really have access to. Um, you know, you think about like some of the top quarterbacks, probably going to be a media scrum around them, uh, all week long. But, uh, but some of these other dudes, like you might get a chance to ask some BJ Ozilari a couple questions. I'm sure, uh, you'll be very excited to do so. Oh, absolutely. I will be. Yeah. So I'm going to be making my rounds for sure. Again, I'm going with Browns wire. So I got to make sure I hit Kevin Stefanski on Tuesdays and things like that. But, I will be be around. So it's going to be a really fun opportunity. Um, again, we are affiliates of homage. So when you see that link attached to Daft on Draft, it's on my sub stack. It's in the link of, or in the, the description of every single pod uh, episode. Click that link, buy some shit, give us some money. We can play around with it, do some giveaways in the future. Um, and again, if you have a question, we do have a mailbag option. Uh, if you have a question that you want Devin and I to answer on the podcast, um, Drop that in a, in a review on Apple Podcasts. So rate, review, drop your question in that review, and we will get to it. Um, again, we are 11. This is our 12th episode. So, Devin, we are over 10 onto our second hand, or third hand, I guess, uh, of episodes. So uh, I'm very excited uh, about the, the direction of this podcast, and it's just the beginning. Um, but until next time, I'm Corey for Devin. It's, this is the Daft on Draft podcast. <laughs>